Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, y'all? This is Rudy Gay, and this is a Speakeasy brought to you by Believe Network. Um, coming at you live from my office in Baltimore, Maryland. Let's kick it off with some topics that's going on right now. Um, obviously, and you know, I'm going I'm to I'm add myself into the Kevin Durant trade request uh, ordeal. I've always been a big advocate of a person doing what they can while they can. The NBA is not somewhere where you can call, call the shots for a long time. And for somebody like Kevin to be able to do that at this point in his career, at this time, and you know, for so long, um, to be able to voice his opinion right now, I don't see KD as one of those people that took complete control early on in his career. He was just a guy that loved basketball, but now he he seems to, you know, voice his opinion and what he wants and however he wants, no matter how it sounds or, you know, how it may look on the outside, you know, from OKC to Golden State move was just one of those things where he wanted to win. He got there, he got exactly what he wanted. And I'm a big advocate of a person doing what they can, like I said, doing what they can while they can, because this league is un unforgiving. You know, you can get to a situation, he has two bad years and they'll trade you. So, you know, he did what he wanted to do when he could. Um, he got he got to the Warriors. They made it work money-wise and he won. The Brooklyn thing, I wasn't so, I wasn't so sure. I think maybe at that point it was like, I got everything that I set out to get. Now it's time to, for me to start over. You know, he had he had a couple guys on the team that are great as well. I, I don't think he felt like he was abandoning nobody. That was a team that won without him. But I think he thought that it was time for him to start over. Um, yeah, he did that. Did that in Brooklyn. He uh, showed after injury, he showed he can come back and play. Um, and now um, to ask for a trade, um, which is something that he's never done. This has always been, you know, free agency and just play it out. But now to ask for a trade, I think it's more to it. You know what I mean? Um, it's got to be more to it. More we don't know. I don't. I, I don't quite know. I mean, maybe he just wants to change the scenery. Maybe he thinks, you know, New York is a different city. It's an unforgiving city. To be out there, be a basketball player in New York, it can't be too much for 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 some people. I don't know. I don't know if that's what it is. Um, maybe he's tired of subways and, and traffic. I don't know. That's something that he probably knew going into it. But you never know. Like yo, these like we, we are human. We all know what we what we want in life. And if New York and, 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 and Brooklyn is not what he wants, then let that man live. Why should it tarnish his legacy? I mean, he's great. No matter where he goes, they're talking about a historic trade that the Brooklyn Nets want. And no, it's going to happen because he's that good. But, you know, I mean, like I said, this is one of those leagues where you got to take advantage of the time you have. You cannot, this, this is not uh, uh a doctor's office. This is not a real estate agency. This is not a law office. This is not, this is not Silicon Valley. You know, this doesn't, this doesn't happen for this time, for that much time. So if I were KD, where would I want to go? Um, to be honest with you, this is something that I wrote down to talk about, but you know, it, uh, does, does it matter? Like we in an era of, you know, we get the we get the guy we want and then we figure it out later. So 
You know what I mean? Obviously, KD has his things he wants and the people he wants to play with, but does it really matter? Because they're going to find people. You're going to want to play with somebody like him, man. Give him the ball, get out the way. It makes the game easy for you. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think it matters. I, I mean, obviously, you know, we can put like, um, but, you know, I don't know. I'm not that man. I don't know what he's looking for. I don't know. So, you know, we'll see. One of the teams that's obviously, if not all the teams, one of the teams that thinks they have a chance at them is Toronto and playing there at the city. The city is love. I love the city. It's very diverse. Um, I think he would love playing there, but I think, you know, what we, people don't realize about Toronto is it's a different country and it's very much a different country. As much as, as close as it is to America, it's not. That that plays a lot, you know. You got to go through customs if you if you want to get something sent in, it has to go through customs. There's a lot of different aspects people don't think about. You know, it is an NBA team, but it is not in this country, so it's a uh, it's a little tougher to move around. Um, you know, obviously Phoenix is one of the teams that you know he said well, if not the team that once said he wants to go to. I think, you know, I think him being there will help a lot of people, other than him, you know. CP being one of them. This is a guy that's been a constant leader his whole career. And is one, if not the best point guard of our time. Um, straight up solid point, like not solid point guard, but like traditional point guard. And he's not even traditional. Like the guy does everything and he does it at a high level. And the one thing that he gets knocked on is not being able to finish in the finals and having KD there, no, no matter, you know, what is going to make you a competitor, if not the favorite to win an NBA championship with the team they already had, who has already been to the finals. Um, CP is one of those guys that, that controls the game, make a lot of things easier for KD. And I see why that's one of the places that he wants to go. And if I'm if I'm Chris Paul, I'm saying get you know get him here because he got he has to get that monkey off his back. The one thing you can't say about Chris Paul is that you can't say that he can't lead. He can lead. He can pass. He can shoot. He can defend. He does all those things. Contrary to what people say in the NBA, because I think some people hate on him for whatever reason. I don't know. He can lead and. The knock he gets is that he hasn't won a championship. So I don't understand why people say, oh, you have no ring. You have no ring. People don't understand how hard it is to be in the NBA and to be great in the NBA and to be considered the best at something in the NBA. So they can, man, those people don't even matter. Like, and I know and as much as we hate to say that, oh, I ain't listen to that shit. Some of it creeps in. So, I mean, for that matter, I would like to see you know, him him and Chris play together. And for that matter, I, you know, I think a lot of people would be mad. A lot of teams would be mad. But, you know, um, what can you say? What can you say? Who cares? Big trade for my team, Utah Jazz. Um, the team, I say we, but the team uh, traded their, their center, Rudy Go, well, our former center. Let me just be... I'm going to be honest, like this is this is weird because, you know, I'm talking as if I'm the media, but um, 
I'm, I'm still in it. I'm still in the game. And, and Rory is a guy that defensively helped us out a lot and saved us a lot. And he's a great player. Um, I think it's fitting that he leaves when coach, when coach Quinn leaves because coach Quinn depended on him so much. Um, I think this team has to find a way to still be competitive defensively without him. Cause it's going to be tough. Cause he's, he's a guy that, that changes the, the game defensively. And, um, you know, and, you know, uh, Minnesota got a hell of a defender. Um, it's funny that he goes there after, after, uh, which one, I forgot which one of their players was, they said like, they don't, they don't fear him defensively. Like why, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. You know, he gets a bad rap. He gets hated on, but yet the numbers don't lie. And he's been great for us defensively. Um, he's going to protect that rim. He's going to make it tough for players. I don't know how him and Cat are going to play together. And that's not for me to figure out, but I know he's a good defender. That's all. So um, there you go. Um, how about these extensions? Kid, these kids are get well, I don't want to sound like the old man, but how about these extensions these guys are getting, you know, Ja and and um and Zion straight out the gate, man. They get over over 200 million straight out the gate. Um it's crazy. And I could be one of those guys that hate, but I'm not. I want these guys to be as successful as possible. Um on and off the court. Um, you know what they do with the money, that's on them. <laughs> that is on them because this this shit does stop at some point. Um, the checks do stop coming in from the NBA and the ball does stop bouncing. So, you know, these guys, you know, are giving their, giving their bodies up and giving their minds and their time up for the NBA. And they've done great for us. And, they, and they're driving this league to places that it hasn't been before. Um, and they're getting paid for it. I just want these guys to do the right thing with it and, and, and be around here for the long call. Zion, on the other hand, I'm not sure. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're New Orleans, you basically have your hands tied. The kids play 84 games in three years, um, which is, you know, not usual for a player to get that much money. But, uh, you know, I feel like they, they feel like they value them. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of people that have to okay that and they okay that situation. They know what he can do if, if he's healthy. Their job from now on is just keep him healthy. So if he does that, if he does that, it makes sense. If not, it's a waste of money. But that's the that's the price you pay being a GM in the NBA. You never know. You're betting on other people. The reward outweighs the risk. Um, you know, when you talk about trades, it's like, especially somebody like like Kevin Durant, it kind of makes everybody else kind of like puts it puts the NBA like in a frenzy because, you know, obviously for somebody like that, you have to give up a lot. But Let's talk about the other end of the trade. Those guys that at home, you know, whatever they're doing and they hear their name as part of a trade. I mean, I've been traded twice, twice in my career. Fortunately, I've been the guy that was traded for. I kind of had an idea these, these things were happening. Um, but for the other guys, you know, just being sitting in practice and then realizing that you're in a trade, it's a lot that goes with that, man. It's a lot, you know, um, you have cars, you have a house, you have your clothes, you have maybe a pet. 
And for those guys that are married or have kids, they have kids in school. Like it's a lot. People don't realize how, how normal we can be. Like, like we're normal people. We do normal things off the court. You know what I mean? Like we have our favorite coffee shop. We have our, we have our, 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 our friends in the city. We have all that. We have like, it's, you know, and to, to, for your job, you know, have to report somewhere and live there 48 hours after you get traded is not normal. And people don't understand that. And on top of that, you have to perform, put yourself in a mental, mental state to not only be present, but perform at a high level after all that happens. Like, I know people that move and just are messed up for years because it's not home. And people don't understand how normal people are or NBA players are and how simple situations for y'all are that much different for us. Um, and I think, I, I, you know, I'm glad I had the chance to talk about that because people don't realize, you know what I mean? Just, you know, you go on, on your way to practice, you hear your agent calls you and tells you you're headed to Sacramento. You know, that could, that could, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's some, that's something that could really mess people up. Um, I mean, obviously the off season is a little different. You get a chance to start a camp with, with a different team. Um, but still, when you're looking forward to being a part of a team and then you get a call saying that you're in a whole different part of the country, it's different. And it puts you into a, it puts you into a frenzy of where do I live? Where, how far is the practice facility from the houses that I want to live? I can't just live anywhere. Obviously you're a professional athlete. Um, you know what I mean? How's the crime in that area? Do I know anybody that lives there? You know what I mean? Is there anybody on the team that I know? All those things come into mind. And, um, you know, the offseason makes it a little easier, but it's still not easy. With the draft coming, um, there's going to be a lot of guys starting their careers. And, um, you know, and I honestly, I hate watching summer league basketball personally. Because you have a lot of guys trying to be something that they're not and something that in 10 years they probably will never be. Um, that's what makes this basketball terrible to watch to me because um, one thing about the NBA, um, you can have a very long and very prosperous career just playing your role. And summer league is where people just try to figure it out. And, um, you know, and, and obviously you have your high draft picks that might not always be LeBron James or, or your Kevin Durant's or your Steph Curry's. Some guys are just going to be really, really good pros and, and stick around playing their role. But the learning process is that you have to figure out what you're good at on this level, because in college, everybody's great. To be able to be drafted, you're a really, really good basketball player. To make it to college, you're a really, really good high school basketball player. But in the NBA, it's the best. Not good, you're the best. So, you know, a lot of guys come into the NBA as a scorer and they realize I'm not that good of a scorer up here. <laughs> and know what? If they continue to do that, that's how their careers get cut short. That's how their careers get cut short. You have to figure something else out, figure what else you're good at or what you can be great at or even what can keep you on the court. So um, for that matter, that's why I hate 
watching summer league because this is the learning process for kids and it's a whole lot of bad shots and, and bad decision making but you know it is what it is go figure it out young fellas go uh go find out what you're good at i hope you do it quick because this this is this league will chew you up and spit you out real fast and it's a million other people just like you that have tried it and failed and there's a slight few that have tried it failed and did something else and um you know what i mean i want all of you guys to to, 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 to be great. So I read somewhere that Rihanna is the youngest, youngest self-made billionaire. Um, that's funny. That's funny. People don't understand, like, you know, this is a person that, that, that had money stuff. Wait, she made a song, bitch better have my money. That was about her financial people stealing her money. Like she started from square one after she was already popping and famous. So, you know, for her to think her way out of that, she, I mean, obviously it wasn't just her. And I know the people that work with her, I know because it's the rock, you know, the rock nation thing. I know that it took a lot for people to get her and help her with her situations, but her mind got her out of that. And um, her staying consistent, you know what I'm saying? They always say like, with that being said, like my nephew said something to me earlier today, like that's how the rich stay richer. Whoever made that or came up with that is broke because I don't know what the hell that means. How do the rich stay richer? If anything, the rich go broke because in your mind, you know that you're rich, so you spend money. If you don't have money coming in and you're spending money, then you're going to go broke. The rich get richer by getting smarter. So whoever came up with that shit is the dumbest motherfucker in the world. Rich stay richer. I don't like, what does that even mean? That sounds like some broke shit. Over the 4th of July, uh, weekend uh, we had a couple tragedies uh well the one i want to talk about is highland park and it that that to me is weird like where where are we getting you know um we can't feel comfortable like even gathering anymore like what like i feel like every every episode i talk about somebody shooting or or shooting something this shit is crazy like what what can we do america what can we do we got to start from square one at some point like what is what is this like why is it so easy why is why is death so easy to put on someone else like why is it so easy for somebody to buy a gun and shoot multiple people i i like there is like i don't know maybe my mind will never let me think that i could do that for no reason no apparent reason I can only think of, well, I can't. I can't think of a reason why, what will make me want to go shoot an innocent bystander. I I, I just don't. It, my my brain don't work like that. And um, for the for those people that brains do work like that, I suggest you seek help immediately because that that's not normal. That's not normal. I think uh, guns are made to to protect yourself like protect yourself and if you're going to have one it's made to protect yourself if you shall have one it's made to protect yourself not to scare people or to kill people or to kill scare people with killing people or kill people to scare other people that's not what guns are made for um and it's sad that you know these these machines give these these punks these these kids that have been, you know, these, these, 
kids that did, got picked last in, in kickball and, and basketball, the power they always been looking for by just ending somebody's life. That's crazy. Like these, these are the kids that, you know, I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe their mother didn't love them enough. Maybe their love mother didn't take care of them at all. I don't know, but something's got to give. And, and it's, it's, it's not looking good for America. I think this is something that should be, should be talked about something that, you know, people should, should honestly like really, 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 you know, look at your neighbor, man, look at your neighbor. You know, if there, if there's something going on, or if you think something ain't right, I think you should definitely call somebody or, or figure it out because we gotta, we gotta stop this. That's all I got today. Um, this is a speakeasy. This is Rudy Gay. And uh, I'll holler at y'all later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.